Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 in our series, Revelation Expectations. Today's episode is entitled Revelations from Heaven and Earth, and it covers chapter 12 of the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. We are your hosts, Apostle Charles Wright and Dr. Stephanie Wright. We are halfway through this amazing book about Jesus, which tells of his mercy and love for all men and women, even to the end of time. We encourage you to listen to the first episode in this series and other episodes if you are joining us for the first time. Links to prior episodes are provided at the end of this presentation. Chapter 12 is not in chronological order. We will move between heaven and earth and cover the defeat of God's enemy, Satan, the time before Adam and Eve, and the birth of the nation of Israel. So step into our time capsule and follow along closely as we receive revelations from heaven and earth. We want to remind you that this is a chapter wherein there is a pause of what is going to happen because it reflects what has already happened, because Stephanie said, between heaven and earth, and even before Adam and Eve were created, a pause to review history according to God's point of view and prophecy of things yet to come that has not happened yet. So reading from chapter 12, beginning at the first verse, it starts, and there appeared a great wonder or sign in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. Now, sign, a sign means she was not an actual woman, but a symbol of a woman. And that symbol is the nation of Israel. In Genesis chapter 37, verses 6 through 10, Joseph had a dream and his father, Jacob, understood Joseph's dream. Jacob was the son in this dream. His wife was the moon and the children were the stars. Israel is portrayed as a woman in the Old Testament. And this is what Jacob saw. He saw the nation of Israel is what was being represented. There is a reference in Ezekiel 16 and 8 where Israel is referred to as a woman. And there are other references as well. Yeah, in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 8, God is speaking to Ezekiel and telling Ezekiel in so many words how much he loves, he loves this woman, which is Israel, how much he loves her and that he has good intentions to keep a covenant with her. It is like a marriage covenant. And at the proper time when she has a place of love to and ready to conceive God's son, God says that he will cover her. So what we see here is that the sign or the woman is a sign. It is not an actual woman. It is not Mary who was impregnated. It was not Eve, but it was the nation of Israel. Yeah, the whole nation of Israel. Okay, so we also want to make it clear that this sign or this woman was not the church. 
And why was it not the church, Apostle Charles? It was not the church because uh, God, through Christ, birthed the church. The church did not birth Jesus. It was the but Jesus with God's power operating and functioning in him is the one who birthed the church. Amen. And the church is always referred to as the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay. Verse two, and she being with child, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. The nation of Israel was in bondage for 400 years. This would be representing the travailing that this nation went through. Christ's lineage through the nation of Israel to his birth was 42 generations. Yeah, that 400 years is reflecting uh, the time that Israel, she, the woman, was travailing with pain to be delivered, delivered from bondage, be delivered from the, the hands of the devil. And verse three. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, this is what John saw. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. And the red dragon is further identified in verse 9 as the old serpent, the devil, Satan, deceiver, uh, the accuser of the brethren. And uh, this is what we, how we identify him. And it's believed that the seven heads represent political and religious power. We know what's going to happen when the Antichrist is revealed and G and the devil is revealed. And then it has he has ten horns to represent ten kings or ten kingdoms and seven crowns, which is uh, representing the authority and dominion of this dragon in certain regions of the earth when he shows up. And we're going to study more about this as we uh, get into other chapters and see the power and the influence of the Antichrist. And notice that it says here in, in verse four, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Now notice this. This is something that has already happened to represent war in heaven. This happened uh, as a historical review of what had already happened in heaven, even before Adam and Eve were born. Uh, war took place in heaven. And it says here in the second part of verse four, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So then we see that it reflects the future, not the history of the past. And I believe that God was showing John in this order, these things referring to in it with hundreds and hundreds of years, maybe even you might even say thousands of years before all of this happened, but he's quickly putting it into uh, a very short, brief way of saying, first, I'm going to show you history that happened before there was even an earth. Now I'm going to show you what's going to happen uh, when my son, the Messiah, comes. He's going to want to destroy him uh, from the very time that Israel is going to birth the son of God. And he, the devil has always been ready to, do, to eat up, kill, destroy Jesus before he arrives. And remember what we said, we are going between heaven and earth. And now in verse four, we are in heaven where we see Satan and his angels, uh, where we see Satan taking a third of the angels with him uh, when he is cast to earth. Okay, moving on to uh, verse five. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron 
and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. So back at verse four, where Satan wants to devour her child as soon as it was born, he did not succeed. The man child is Jesus, who is referenced also in Revelation chapter two, verse 27, and in Revelation 19, verse 15. Two and 27 says, and he shall rule them, this is Jesus, with a rod of iron, and Revelation 19:15 says, and out of his mouth, that's Jesus' mouth, goes a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. So it is very clear that the child that is referred to here is Jesus. And the second part of verse five says, and her child was caught up to the throne of God. We, we see here that this child is Jesus who was eventually resurrected after his crucifixion. And he was resurrected and he was caught up to heaven to the throne of God, referenced also in Mark chapter 16, verse 19, and Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. Yes, and you notice that the uh, chapter, verse 5, I'm sorry, and in verse 5, it says, she brought forth a man-child, which has already happened, who was to rule all nations, which has not happened yet, with a rod of iron. And in between those two times, the child was brought up, like Stephanie said, Jesus was resurrected to his throne. So uh, we're waiting for Jesus' return. And verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Who is they? They apparently, no doubt, are the two witnesses. You need to go back and look at your uh, the pro- prophecies there in the book of Revelation, where there are two witnesses who are around for one thousand two hundred and sixty uh, days, meaning the last half of the tribulation. Uh, and they're the ones who fed her, and she had to flee into the wilderness, uh, just like Jesus said. In prophecy, Jesus said it would happen. There are several theories, many theories on how to interpret verse 6. Generally, it is protection of the nation of Israel during a time of trouble. Some believe it refers to the period when the temple will be desecrated by the Antichrist. Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 and Mark chapter 16 verse 19. It is then that those who would be persecuted would flee. Jesus also said in chapter 24, verse 15, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso reads, let him understand. Yeah. This temple is the third temple, which has not been built yet. It's in the process of being built. It's being planned already by many uh, uh, Orthodox Jews, it's believed. And uh, remember, that was the first temple and that was Solomon who built it. The second temple was started and Herod finished that temple. But that temple was eventually destroyed because of the Romans. Jesus said uh, not one stone would be held together and it would be thrown down and so forth. So that did happen. And when John was giving this prophecy that God was showing him, John saw a third temple that had not yet been built. And that's where you see that the Daniel's vision was the vision of the 
third temple. Also, that we see that the Antichrist, who always wanted to be God, is going to go in there and try to be God. And that's when there's going to be a great tribulation taking place. War is going to really take place. Okay, um, verses 7 through 9, I'm going to read those together. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Verse 8, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Verse 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So here we see a war in heaven going on between Satan and his angels and Michael the archangel and the angels of God. So I asked myself why reference is made to Satan and his angels being cast down to earth in verse 3, which we read earlier, where it says that a third of the uh, angels were, we believe, went with, uh, were cast into to the earth with Satan. Then I picked up, it's picked up again in verses 7 through 9. And it seems that verse 3 refers to the first time the devil and his followers, the one-third of the angels of heaven who followed him, were kicked out of heaven. But another commentator said he did not believe verses 7 through 9 are talking about the same thing as verse 3. And I tend to agree as I read this again. But I see it a little differently. It seems that the devil wanted to go before God the way he did in Job chapter 2, where he presented himself to God to get permission to torment Job. Well, the devil saw he did not prevent the birth of Christ, referenced to as the man-child who would rule all nations with a rod of iron in verse 5. So he thinks he can come before the throne of God, present himself, in heaven, like he did in Job chapter 2. But verses 7 through 9 say nothing about the devil making it to the throne of God or to the third heaven. Paul said that he was caught up to the third heaven in 2 Corinthians 12 too. So we know that there is a second heaven, another atmosphere above this earthly realm. So when these verses 7 through 9, when you take them in conjunction with what we're going to read in verses 10 through 12, it seems that the devil wanted to make war in heaven as if he's going to go back and try to reclaim the souls that have already come before the throne of God, who are there already with God, the martyrs. Because when we look and we recall the cry of those who were martyred in Revelation chapter 6, verse 10, and again, you'd have to go back and listen to some of the previous uh, presentations we've done in episodes The martyrs cried and they asked, how long, O God, before we are avenged? These are the people who were uh, persecuted and who died during the the tribulation (coughs) period. And they were told to wait because others were coming who would also be persecuted and they were given their white robes. But the devil does not prevail, as we just read in verses 8, 9, and 10. He is kicked back to earth where he torments others. But some of them, even after he's kicked back to earth, will overcome. And we will hear from Apostle Charles now on these verses um, 10, 11, and 12, unless he has comments. No, uh, but you made me think about something that we'll probably talk about in another episode. In verse 10, it says, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. So this is back in heaven. 
Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down. In other words, those who were, like Stephanie pointed out, the martyrs who were already in heaven, you know, they'll, they'll try to accuse them too. But he is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night while even in the earth. And we're talking about that. So the devil is blocked. All right. And then the 11th verse, and they overcame those who made it in and waiting and those who are still being redeemed in the earth during the great tribulation. Uh, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of Jesus Christ, the lamb, and by the word of your own testimony, their testimony. And they did not love their own lives even unto death. So there has to come a point in time that we have to Examine ourselves and see if we so in if we're so in love with the Lord and the expectation of what God is going to do, no matter how awful things get, we are going to stand with the Lord because he is the only one who is the true winner. Then the 12th verse, therefore, you and I should be rejoicing and even with heaven rejoicing and in you that dwell in the heavens also shall rejoice. When, but here's the other story. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you. Now, not only because he wanted to, but because he was thrown down after fighting against Michael and the angels. He's thrown down again, having great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Don't you remember when Jesus said, except that the time is shortened, no souls would be saved? This is just how insanely angry and mad and that the devil is about your salvation and our salvation. Verse 13, and when the dragon saw that he was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman that brought forth the man child. So we continue from verse nine above when the dragon, the devil, Satan, the serpent, the deceiver, being cast to earth and persecuting the offspring of the nation of Israel. The woman. <laughs> the woman. Or us, if you consider that Jesus, the man-child, completed his mission of redemption for all mankind. We are the ones who are persecuted, and we continue to be persecuted today, but we have victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the word of our testimony. Amen. And the woman, verse 14, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. God continues to cover and protect his seed during the tribulation period. This time appears to be the great tribulation or the last half of the seven years. Time and times, and half a time translates to three and a half years. <laughs> it's um, wonderful. Go on. And verses 15 and 16. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And this represents more persecution by the devil, uh, a.k.a. the dragon, Satan, to destroy the nation of Israel or the church. But Isaiah 59 and 19b tells us, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. 
Yeah. So we see that the enemy for years and years and years is fighting against God in the heavens and fighting against the kingdom of God in the earth and even fighting against Israel, who was the woman to bring forth the Messiah. And so we see that continuously throughout history, even today. You already know and remember that Pharaoh, who when the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt as slaves, he tried to kill all the male children uh, that were being born there, which is to get to the Messiah. But God saved them and delivered them with the work of Moses. Then you got so many other. Then let's go to Herod. When Herod himself had sent out his soldiers to kill all the babies born in Bethlehem, all the male children who were born in Bethlehem at the age up to two years old. But God delivered Jesus from that because an angel told Joseph to take the woman and the child, the woman, his wife, and go to Egypt and for a while until after Herod was dead. So the devil has always been after Jesus because he's so jealous of Jesus because he wants to be the one who rules the earth with an iron hand. But God is already working on redemption for us today. And even during the tribulation and the great tribulation, God is still working redemption. Verse 17. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to say the woman, the earth helped her, right? You see that? The earth helped her because she had did flee into the wilderness where the earth uh, covered and protected her because of what is known today in Jordan, Petra. You go back and look and research Petra and also the earth because the earth swallowed up the flood that was uh, coming out of the devil's mouth. And then the 17th verse, and the dragon was so wroth with the woman Israel and went to make war with the remnant, her seed, meaning we are the children of Abraham. We are the Gentiles. We are the remnant of her seed. We are the remnant of the seed of Israel because of Abraham and the promises of God, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So we need to pray for our seed, pray for ourselves, pray for our seed, because Satan, our adversary, that serpent, that accuser, <laughs> he tries to devour our seed and anybody who is not covered and protected mm. by God. Amen. Wonderful. So we thank you for joining us today and uh, join us next time for chapter 13. Yeah. Episode 17. 17. May God's peace, protection, and power cover you and be with you. And don't forget, everybody who reads these Revelation scriptures and hear the words of them will be blessed. Be blessed. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast where all episodes are available by category and series format. You may also view these episodes on our YouTube channel, the symbol at CG Missions Inc. or INC. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.